you find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. Hell yeah. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. Ni le bien qu'on m'a fait, ni le mal, tout ça m'est bien égal. Hello, you are listening to the Grand Old Podcast, episode number 33, as usual. I am Hamish Carton. We are recording on Sunday evening with the normal two guys, the boring voices yeah. of John McGinley. We've managed to make it two weeks in a row. We're, we're on a roll. And the equally boring voice of Paul Fisher. I'm going to ruin it next week because I'm away in a stag day, so two in a row is the oh, record for the season so far. Excellent. See, genuinely, guys, do you think I am the non-boring voice of this podcast? Wait, someone said that you're the boring voice of the podcast. No, the non-boring voice, I'm saying. <laughs> you're the young one, so... You're the young one, yeah. I mean, I, I, was out, I was out last week. I've told you guys, I was out in Glasgow last week uh, signing up young listeners uh, in okay. the, the outskirts of Jelly Baby O2 ABC. Uh-huh. So hopefully we've got a lot of uh, youthful listeners. Listen, have you guys mixed anything in for the, our younger listeners? Yeah, I'm wearing a baseball cap tonight, I, so... I, I, I like <laughs> yeah. the PlayStation, you know. Yeah, PlayStation, yeah, I've got Pogs, I've got Pogs in my pocket. <laughs> hey, Mish is like, what, what are Pogs? Yeah, I'm going to move swiftly on to Hamilton Ackies. Um, Paddy Roberts return, John? Yes, Patrick Roberts is back and he is, he's up for it, isn't he? He's up for it, he's, he's come back to make a statement and I think he's going to do something special this season. I thought it was almost a complete performance for the, for the time that he was on the pitch uh, against Hamilton. He was fantastic the whole match. He just thrilled me with his little touches, the way he moves the ball about, just the way he's constantly looking to to do something in the final third and and was the catalyst for our performance, in my opinion. Obviously alongside the goal scorers, but I mean, Robert set the tone, I think, and, and really put us on the front foot from the start. So you'll be delighted to know that after asking that question, I've seen approximately two and a half seconds of Patrick Roberts' performance Excellent. on Friday. No, I haven't seen the game. It's The only bit I've seen is that amazing touch he does with the outside of his foot and he mm-hmm. runs on. And he yeah. kind of he looks as if he's got about 100 miles an hour. Like he, yeah. he doesn't look like a player who hasn't played many games since the cup final. No, he, he certainly doesn't. And um, I mean, he's been training with Man City all summer, though. I mean, that's an elite squad of players who probably been put through their paces uh, well by Pep Guardiola so obviously Brendan Rodgers wasn't too concerned with his, with his fitness but it was important for him to get minutes before before the Paris game and, and we'll, we'll come on to the team for that later but you, you look sharp for that in my opinion I think he's ready to just play a big massive match immediately because 
he just seems so eager to impress again, and it's, it's just so good to see. And I mean, that one you you touched on there, the touch to bring it past the defender, it didn't lead to anything, but it actually, that's that, that ball went to the, the far hand side, and that's where Armstrong kind of um, got his goal. So mm. even when he's not directly creating something, just his presence getting forward, what he can do to get past the defensive line, it gives us an opportunity to, to follow up on it with other players coming on. So if we call that a re-debut then, what about yeah. the, the real debut boy, Paul? Um, Odson Eduard we're going for, we have barely touched on him in this podcast. He's obviously only just signed. I think we briefly touched on our um, cynical view at the transfer window last week. What did you make of his performance, obviously getting the goal as well? I thought for, for a 19-year-old guy coming, being thrown right in the deep end like that, I thought he was absolutely excellent. Um, the, the way he kind of performed was was akin to a, a big striker and you expected it but he also had a touch I thought that mm. I wasn't expecting from, from the get-go especially on that pitch at Hamilton it's got a bit of a reputation that's not very good for, for playing good football and he seemed to be always hungry to get on the ball he had a, a good turn of pace on him and he was very very eager as well as, as Roberts I think to show what he's made of because he's coming in fighting for a place alongside Two of the best strikers we've had in recent years, and Griffiths and Dembele, and he's he's put his name in the in the hat there with the the performance, got the goal, um, a couple of other chances. He could have had a couple more. So for that for that uh, for debut performances, it's one of the ones in, in the last few yeah. years that's up there. Hit the bar as well. Yeah, you are waxing lyrical, John. I did. I just loved. I loved the way he carried himself, and 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 Brendan Rodgers highlighted that afterwards when he was speaking. Just in the sense of he's come from Paris. He's he's not, he's, he's a young guy. He, he's left everything he knows in France. He's left yeah. the country. He's come to Scotland, a, a t- totally different country to France, and doesn't speak a word of English, and has had to train with the the the, the team all all week long without being able to speak English or properly bond. I know we do have a couple of French players there, but. His ability to do that and just fit so effortlessly into the team in the way we play was a credit to him. Mean, he clearly has a football intelligence um, and knows knows how to play with this team, even with just a week's training with the team. So that was what impressed me most. But just his obviously his physical attributes as well, his strength and his balance, and the way he kind of just brushed off defenders and people were bouncing off him, and he just looked he looked apart from me. He looked like he looked like a Mister Dembele in making for me. Um, and and the belly took a while to settle into Celtic, and and Edard's come in and just totally stormed it on his on his debut. Yeah, standing ovation he got. Apparently, Brendan Rodgers was saying when he came back into the dressing room. I think that tells you quite a lot, not just about what they thought of his performance, but I think about the whole ethos at the club at the moment in terms of how kind of together the group is, and they continue to be obviously from from last season. Um, there are there do certain there seems to be likenesses with Moussa Dembele that's the obvious one with the nationality and the position uh, that he plays but the bits I've seen on him the the way he plays and the fact that he's bouncing off um, players I, I can only really think of the special players you know you get that feeling with the likes of and I'm not comparing them at all yeah I know maybe, what you're I'm, maybe I am I know what you're Wanyama say. and yeah. Van Dijk in their original yeah. games you can just you, you get the feeling they're just so much bigger than everyone else they're so much fitter and quicker than everyone else and I don't know just from the brief bits I saw of Edward the run in the first half where he kind of surged past the guy pace bullied, yeah, well that, I think that it was Donati Donati mm-hmm. that he bullied Mm-hmm. And um, in the second half, obviously his goal as well. Really quick play, thinking quicker, moving quicker. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty positive about this guy. The only sad thing, of course, Paul, is that we'll never see him next season because we're not going to pay ten million. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the things. But could be Patrick Roberts, Mark too, and get him on our loan. And 
and do stuff like that. But um, no, nah, I think we have to utilise what we've we've got. We've got we've got one loan for a season, so mm. we have to use them as best as best as we can and and get everything out of them and and give them a chance to show himself as well because we're only going to pay the money for him but someone else will pay the money for him if PSG don't want to hold on to him so yeah. he's I mean, going to he, he yeah. looks really looks the party I think um, he, he for, for a guy so young that nobody knew anything about I think he'll be happy with coming in and scoring a goal and, and showing that he can do it I mean it's 10 million euros I mean it's not I don't think it's totally out with the realms of possibility that if he has a great season that would pay that especially if next summer is the, the summer that Mr. Dembele leaves and we're cashing on him and reinvesting in Edouard. I think mm. if he has a decent season I think plenty of fans would be happy with that I mean by all accounts we were in the market to sign Patrick Roberts permanently for, for a fair chunk of money past our current transfer record and I said at the start of the summer that I thought we were going to break the transfer record this summer and we never so we've got cash sitting there I mean, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I understand where, you, where the cynicism comes from that. But I mean, mm. it's exciting. I'm just I'm more excited about what the future holds, and and if if he wants to join us permanently, I think we would be happy to have him. We had a good debate in the group chat about what this guy would actually have to do for Peter Lowe to splash <laughs> out ten million. We won't yeah. go into what we actually said, but uh, if the <laughs> listeners if the listeners have any comical suggestions for what Edward may actually yeah. have to do for Celtic to pay ten million euro for him, then tweet us in. Um, goal scorers, John. Yeah, yeah. What well, about them from Friday? Well, Scott Sinclair is just <laughs> he's storming it as well. He's scored eight goals this season already. He's just. Um, yes, I think he's going to break that twenty-five goal tally of last season, and I mean that he's not, he's not kicked a ball yet, really. <laughs> I know, and then but that felt like a freak season of goals from from a kind of left winger, a player who isn't an out-and-out striker. But I think that he's like he's a third of the way there already. So you wouldn't rule him out to to just breeze past that. I know it doesn't work like that over the course of a season, but. He's he's in magical form. He's enjoying his football again. He's looked as good as he ever has for us, and and was just in his element on on Friday night. Um, got a lot of space and kind of drifted in there. The movement of Edouard gave him space to move between the midfield and defensive line, and he just he ate it up, didn't he? And his finishing is outrageous just now. So, I mean, yeah, I think. I think he's the man for us on, on Tuesday for to get anything. I think it's going to come through Scott Sinclair. That's how good a form he's in. And Armstrong, Paul? Armstrong. The, see the goal he scored? I thought it was, it was sheer brilliance. Oh, it was. The, yeah, the, it the, was. the way, the technique, he just cuts inside and he finds the Some corner finish. like that. It, we needed a goal at that stage in the game where we had the, yeah, pr- had, yeah. the pressure and the dominance. And he's the guy recently who's been coming up with the goods. He, he comes up with a goal from nowhere and... Um, it was a, it was a I know, great performance from 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 pretty much everyone in the team. There was a lot of good performances, but I thought Armstrong was up until that point. He was he was looking, he was ready, and then he just pounced and and he got his goal. And he he just continues to impress. And there's there's no stopping the way he's doing it. And I'm hoping, I don't think he will, but I'm hoping he does something in in Europe this week. I hope he gets his chance because um, we were quite cynical last season, and the, the fact that he didn't perform as as well as. Maybe he could have done, um, but he's got his he's got his form now. He's done it with his country, and he's been doing it with Celtic for for a good ten months. So um, his chance to show what he's made of is, is is there. Yeah, I felt with Stuart Armstrong like his only Champions League game last year was at the Etihad. I feel like the time before that he wasn't really becoming a Celtic player. 
I always talk about that game when he came on at home to Man City and he looked out of his depth. I think the turnaround from the home game against Man City to the game in Manchester, see what you want about the slightly weakened team he's still playing against world-class players. I thought he looked at home at that level and I'm really, really looking forward to hopefully seeing him in this Champions League mm. campaign. I think he's got to fight for his place. I would start him on Tuesday. I know we'll come on to all that later, but I think he's got to start on Tuesday the form he's in at the moment. If you take those... Um, from was it half time he came on in the St Johnson match mm-hmm. changed the game um, mm-hmm. him and McGregor changed the game the two Scotland games he played especially in Lithuania getting his first goal for Scotland and, and Friday getting another goal and playing well by all accounts I, I think he's on a really top game I think he's getting to the top of his game again after a slow start to the season I don't think it's any coincidence that he's getting to the top <laughs> no, of his game after not. sorting the contract stuff I think Brendan Rodgers alluded to that when it was all going on and I, I would start him on Tuesday, but we'll come on to that later on. Anyway, John, I know you maybe wanted to pick up um, mm. because of your cynical nature on perhaps... Uh, You've been the one cynical about this week, class. I know I am. Perhaps some of the, the lesser-liked uh, attributes from Friday's match. Well, I certainly Craig Gordon. Now, don't, there's, something, there's something going on with Craig Gordon. He's not had a good start of the season. And I know that with with one like our games and we're doing well but it needs to be addressed someone's not right with Craig Gordon and it needs to change I don't know whether he needs to be benched again for a couple of games or I'm not suggesting that for Tuesday night by <laughs> by any means but I'm, I'm talking about and maybe and just eager to see what maybe Davies could do in a League Cup game coming up or, or something really? like that just to give Craig Gordon a kick of the ass because someone's not right there and it's not been right for a couple of months now and and I feel like if, I mean every goal every domestic goal we've conceded um, has he's played a part in it um, it might not have been directly his fault on Friday night there was issues with the defence but he still came for the ball and completely missed it so he does have to share some culpability there I mean the, the goal that we conceded against Hearts that went through him far too easily as near post and and as we know the less said about the, the yeah. St Johnston goal the better so something's not right there for me I know that he's a good goalkeeper for us. He's the best goalkeeper we have. He's a good shot stopper, but something's just something just needs to be addressed there. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if he's lacking confidence. I'm not sure what's going on with him. Um, but I just I'm a bit I'm a bit concerned. Going, he's he's one of my concerns going into Tuesday. You're obviously well, not obviously, but you are a big fan of Craig Gordon, Paul. What is your kind of argument to what John's had to say? Do you think he is? as good a keeper as we're likely to get at the moment do you think he's perhaps just going through a little bit of a rough spell um, I think the, the negative nature from, from John is starting to, <laughs> to, to rub off on me a wee bit to be honest with Gordon um, I've always been a big advocate of him and I continue to, to say that he has been one of our best signings of recent years because the way he came in and kind of stamped his authority on that the, the jersey and especially after the, the stuff last year with De Vries and coming back and showing what he was made of um, I think he was great last season he hasn't really hit the ground running this season he has made a few mistakes so whether there's something more to it than that I don't know but I, I, I mean I'm not slagging him I, no. I mean I'm, 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 I'm a Craig Gordon fan too and I'm not slagging him I'm not raging that he's made these mistakes because ultimately they haven't really cost us yet mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is I feel like something needs to change there and I don't know how to do it I'm not the manager of Celtic but I would like to see Craig Gordon play a bit better over the next couple of months because and like I say, I'm not saying Davies should take his place in the team, but like in League Cup matches and stuff, I mean, it would be good to see what he could do, if anything, and and maybe mm. that would give 
Craig Gordon enough of a of a kick up the arse and I know the Connor Hazard's just signed a new contract so he's the third choice keeper now so maybe he can come through and do something I don't know I don't know the answer to that Paul's right he has been a good signing for us I don't rate him as highly as Paul Paul loves Craig Gordon but I don't know where do you see Hamish? I'm a I'm a bit in the middle. I mean, I think that Craig Gordon. That there's no doubt. Nobody can argue that he hasn't been culpable for the Hearts goal that Consalve scores. The goal at St Johnson, as you say, less said about that, the better. And um, the goal on Friday as well, to a certain extent. Um, I think added to that, I think he's looked shakier with the ball at his feet than he has, um, or than he did at the kind of uh, middle of last season from about. February till the end of the season I thought Craig Gordon looked very good I think he made wonderful saves he doesn't seem to be quite there it's almost like he's gone back a year to where he was this time last year around this exact same time there was the debate in fact the day we were recording the podcast was the day that Doris DeVries played against Rangers in only his second match so it was this time of year so I don't know if Craig Gordon I don't know if it sounds silly if I'm making excuses I don't know if it takes him seriously. I don't know if it takes him time to get into a season. I don't know if that's an excuse. I don't. I don't know if he. I don't know if playing with the the shuffled reshuffled defence and he needs a settled defence in front of him. That's one yeah. thing I would say that when mm. Boyata and Samjunovic came in as a centre half pairing and Tierney came back from injury um, from January onwards last season, he looked a better keeper. So I, I would put that out there. But I'd agree. One thing I would say is that if we are seeing it, Brendan Rodgers is seeing it, Stevie Woods are seeing it, so yeah. they're, they're yeah. doing something about it. And Craig Gordon at the top of his game is a very very good goalkeeper. So. I think I think he'll get back to the form. Perhaps you're right, John. Maybe he needs what happened last season to happen, and he needs to mm. go out the team for even as you say one league yeah. cup game. But I mean, do you throw Doris Devries in at Dens Park? I mean, I don't trust Doris Devries. Well, more you you guys hate Doris Devries. I I'm, I'm not as I'm not as negative on Doris. I know he's not the he answer. He did seven goals. I know. I know. I know he's not the answer going forward. But and I know it was a pre-season friendly. But that match I watched against Sunderland, he was really good in that match. Um, so he's still a bow, he can still make saves, so I mean I wouldn't rely out he's, he's still at the club for a reason. I mean he wouldn't be at the club if he wasn't a decent goalkeeper. Perhaps, perhaps. Well well it's one that I'm sure that, as I say, if we're seeing it, they're seeing it at the club and hopefully for everyone concerned that supports Celtic we can get the best out of Craig Gordon again. Um who knows, he may have an absolute blind on Tuesday, we may look like the worst stupid folk ever. Well it's not uh, the first time. time. Indeed. Shape of the team, what is this about? Ah, it was 3-4-3, three, three, wasn't I guess it? Paul's, Paul's talking point that one if he wants to elaborate yeah, on no, that. I, I, I just fired it in because I thought it was it was interesting because we've been talking about the who's going to play centre-half and who's going to be the European partnership and all that. And the game before we play probably the biggest match of the season so far against PSG, we only play three at the back with one centre-half. I just thought it was interesting that, that whether Rodgers is resting or getting somebody ready and didn't want to risk Boyata for yeah. one for Friday night and get him keep him and make sure he is fit for Tuesday or whether it was a case of they were trying mm-hmm. something different and they're gonna move a couple of the players backwards come Tuesday night and make it a five at the back. I, I, I don't know what what the, the thinking is behind him. Maybe it was just a case of I want to give Roberts a game, I want to play Forest as well, so I'm gonna to have to change the sh- the shape of the team about. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it yeah. worked out quite well. Um I, I liked it and I liked the fact that Forrest was in a, in a kind of more freer role um, and I, I think that it worked excellently you've seen the attacking style that we had we we didn't need any more than three defenders at the back um, I know, no, no disrespect to Hamilton but 
we, we were always going to win that game and the way that the team was set up was, was brilliant to, to show yeah. and the goals were kind of the goals could have, it could have been well more than four that's maybe why I mean it's tempting to read a lot into it but maybe that's why I wouldn't read so much into it because I feel like we could play we could play any system in the back right now in, mm. in the Scottish Premiership and we'd probably be comfortable any combination of players back there and we'd probably do alright yeah. because maybe I'm not against I mean, maybe not against Aberdeen or even St Johnston or or that lot, but I think against Hamilton we're always in these games. We're just we're eating up possession. I think in the halfway through the first half, I think the possession was something like eighty to twenty percent. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't need a defence when you've got that much of the ball. So, what um, it did work well on Friday night. I, I think a back three uh, that would give me the heebie-jeebies on on Tuesday. Oh. So, Jeez, oh, yeah. can you imagine that? Yeah. I'll be walking out the stadium if I see that. Like, I've got a, <laughs> the next question in terms of Tuesday is what it means for Tuesday. I'll kick yeah. it off by saying absolutely bugger no, all. No, it doesn't, yeah. The game on Friday means absolutely nothing. We will have learned nothing about PSG. If PSG brought scouts on Friday night, they will have learned nothing about us because mm. when you play against a team like PSG in comparison to Hamilton, it is totally totally different so sure is. I'm saying I'm voiding this question unless any of you can think of it means no, anything I mean I mean that's the point isn't it it doesn't mean anything and as good as a victory it was I mean it, it, you're right it's just it's so weird right now at Celtic because there's such a schism between the football we'll play week to week and then what we'll have to do in these high profile matches that we'll get judged on by the rest of Europe and it's it's really difficult for us and and I just we'll see how it shakes out at the weekend I don't know how he that must be a really difficult part of Brendan Rodgers' job is kind of managing those two aspects of the club right now and and how you get the players up for each match and get them to the quality required it's just to be fair you cannot criticise him at all for last season this season you cannot criticise him at all because Mm. week after week ahead of these big games after Mm. these big games they perform yeah they did they performed but I felt there was we just weren't as we weren't reaching the heights in Europe that have in seasons past, and I know it's been well documented on this podcast. I'm not trying to be that guy, but it's just that we want to see more in Europe instead of the other way around this season. I'd rather I'd, I'd wouldn't mind us dropping a couple of points here and there in, in the Scottish Premiership if it meant that we just absolutely ran ourselves into the ground on the Tuesday and Wednesday night. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out, I suppose. Final thoughts on Friday, Paul. A comfortable, good win and a great attacking performance. Important to get the three points again after dropping against St Johnson? I think it was always important to get back to winning ways. I think we would all kind of recognise that and the fact that, especially because we were playing first and to, to go back to the top of the table and put pressure on Aberdeen St Johnson, which it did and it showed because obviously dropping points and, and we, us going back to the top of the league and, and five games played is, is where we want to be and we don't want to be dropping points more than, more than we have to. Shall we talk about the big one? The big one? Yes, we shall. Right, John, you've been... Uh, as uh, the people on Twitter will know, you're keeping... Uh, do you have, like... Do you have tabs? Do you have scouts? Have you got men out in these countries? Yeah, <laughs> I just... I've got a, a couple of good deals on Skyscanners, so I've been out and about across Europe. <laughs> so when you were out on Friday uh, watching PSG <laughs> against Mets, 5-1, they went, went one five better one, than us. Yeah. Um, what did you make of them and what have you made of their season so far as a whole well last last week I said that they'd scored 14 goals in 4 matches and this week it's 19 goals in 5 matches you're right they, they won 5-1 against Mets and, and Lee Kuhn and they're just 
they're they're a team that full of confidence. They know that they're good right now, and they're enjoying the high that they've got of bringing Neymar and Mbappe to the club. Um, there's a kind of swagger and confidence about them that's actually, obviously, from our perspective, pretty worrying ahead of ahead of Tuesday night. But I mean, even the the match on Friday though, there's there's a couple of caveats, and and one of them is that the, the Mets were holding them to one one before they had a player sent off. It was Asu Akoto, the former Spurs player, that got sent off, mm. and it was. I think it was a harsh sending off, to be honest. Then. And it was 1-1 at that point, and it was kind of an evenly balanced game. And then they went on and obviously destroyed them with four more goals after that. But they have conceded a few goals this season. They're, they're not keeping clean sheets every match. Um, so I think that they, we can get at them if we play to the best of our ability. I think we will get a chance or two on Tuesday night. Um, it's just about if we can take that. But it's going to be so hard to counteract that front three. All three of them scored on Friday night. They're loving playing football together. I mean, it was Mbappe's debut, and he he did this cross in the first half that Cavani didn't convert. But it was like he the Cavani was free in the middle of the box, and and Mbappe had exposed the defence, and there was only one defender between the two of them. And he did this cross with outside of his right foot. I've seen it, and it swerved in, and Cavani should have buried it. But it was just it was phenomenal. That kind of football was just going to really punish us, and we've just got to hope that they're either have an off night or they're just not quite clicking in Europe or, or we can raise our game beyond teams that they've been facing in in France so far. I don't think they've played any of the big teams in France yet. So maybe that's to our benefit. But their, their season's going as good as it could have been. They've got the, the best attack in Europe right now and it's just going to be very difficult. That's that's my <laughs> ground-breaking skipping uh, announcement. So we know kind of most things about PSG. They're not one of these teams that we really need to look in depth into because we know all their star names. Um, in terms of the team they're likely to play on Tuesday, we'll obviously we'll come on to Celtic later. We're pretty sure the front three will be the obvious three, uh, and it's uh, pretty daunting, Paul. It is, and it, it's it. It kind of brings to the to reality of the fact that we are a small fish in this big pond of the Champions League. Um, we, we we are looking at we we don't know who's going to start for us in terms of a striker, but we're we're likely going to go with one guy, and if it's missing Dembele and he's fit, then he's the highest we're going to get. If it's Griffiths, then then we will be happy. If it's Edouard, then 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 so be it. But we're up against these guys, and they're probably combined um, total selling assets of what in this market just now three hundred four hundred million euros. It's it's quite scary to think that these guys are going to be coming up against our defence and we don't know who the defensive partnership's going to be at the back. But these guys like this have came before and some of them haven't managed to do the business. So there's always that bit of hope in your mind that they'll have an off night and somebody will do something silly and we can manage to get a goal somewhere and then we can hold on and it can just be one of these special nights. But... It's scary to think that these three guys are coming in the form that they are um, to Celtic Park. It, and it's, it's yeah, it's not, even, it's not even it's not even them three. We they've also got Julian Draxler as well, who they signed in January. I mean, that's Di Maria's not playing, John. Yeah, well, we know, but I mean, Draxler was was excellent, um, or has been excellent in Bundesliga over the last few years. They certainly had a lot of potential. So they've also got him on the go, and it's just that that front a front four, if it, if you if you like, and it's just. It's so difficult, and maybe the question is, what are you expecting from Celtic on Tuesday? What what is your minimum expectation from the team? Because obviously we can't go into the match expecting a win. So what are you wanting to see from Celtic? It's a bit of a strange answer because it's, it's well, it's a strange answer. I want the fans to come away 
with smiles on their face not smiles I mm. want them to come away content I want the team to give us a performance where the fans come away and if we lose the fans go fair enough that was good we saw a good team we gave a good account of ourselves I think that's what I'm wanting I think I'm wanting us to give yeah. a good account of ourselves I'm not expecting neither of you two are expecting us to go and turn PSG over on Tuesday night it's probably in the back of our minds to think it could happen yeah, of course, I, think yeah. it's, I think it's very unlikely I think we're playing a team here I think there's a case to be made this is the best team in the world I really do the players they've got in the moment I, I think I, I believe that I think the players you look at their bench they had and I know they rested players on Friday night Danny Alves mm-hmm. one of the best right backs of what the last 10 years yeah. Kurzawa French mm-hmm. left back Lucas Moura Brazilian yeah, international he scored as well he came off and scored Thiago Silva probably one of the best centre backs in the last 10 years that's their bench you add to that the likes the players you've talked about Thiago Mota who's actually been sent off at Parkhead in the past um, Rabio's a great player Marquinhos they've got so many quality players and that's even without Di Maria so I, I don't think any of us expect us to even get a point on, on Tuesday I just want the fans to come away and with a smile on their face like, and just a wee bit like Man City last year even yeah. if we'd have lost that game the yeah. fans would have been kind of alright that's what I want I th- think the way I would sum it up is that I don't want us to have any regrets I want no regrets coming out of the match on Tuesday night I don't know if you feel the same way, Paul. Just go out and take the game to them. And, and Brendan Rodgers actually has said that. He's committed to the fact that he wants Celtic to not be passive in the match and, and take the game to, to Paris Saint-Germain. So my expectation is just to have no regrets. Not, I want us to have, we'll have a chance. I want us to take the chance. I don't want any defensive mistakes. If we, sco- if we get a chance and we score it and they still beat us 3-1 just through that, their, their good play and we've not made any glaring mistakes then then that I mean I'm happy with that in, in a sense obviously I'd be gutted but you know in a sense I'm happy with that I just don't want us to be waking up on Wednesday morning and going oh what if what if we'd done this and done that mm. no absolutely I think if if we go out with a game plan and the game plan is executed we'll be able to see that from, from the team and yeah. if, if there's mistakes and there's there's errors we can you'll see the heads dropping and I, I don't want that to happen I want a Man City performance like last season would be brilliant. I think we're over. I don't know if we're overstating the the, the Celtic Park Cauldron like thing for the last few seasons. We do a little bit. It's not really worked. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's going to put players like Neymar off. We've seen that in the past. But what I think we all know it does do is that is going to when they hear that roar, those Celtic players, mm, that is going to make them seven, eight foot tall. <laughs> so uh, I think it's. Um, I don't know, I think we're going to see, I think they're going to be really up for it, these players, I think the fans are really up for it, I think we're all a bit worried aren't we, that we're going to get a bit of a horsing, yeah. but I think that makes it that bit better, that, that edge we don't get in Scotland, we're not worried about Rangers or Aberdeen coming and, and beating us, really are we, this is the the big one, and I, I think the players are going to feel the exact same way, I think they're going to know, look, we had our kind of season feeding into it last year, this is a big one, this is the start, we're here in the Champions League now, and I think you'll see a good performance from us, from us on Tuesday. Result, eh, we'll leave that for the end, eh? the pressure all at the end. <laughs> right, build our joint starting 11 then. Um, you're the Vriesen Nets, yeah, John? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't go quite go that far. I think Ray Gordon needs to start despite his recent run of form. Lustig at right back, obviously. Tierney at left back. Well, is Lustig at right back obvious? Mm, not for oh, me. Well, not for no. you. I, I think, I think Lustig is is your centre half mm. I think who's I, your right back I don't know is it time to, to give, a, give a young man a chance to show his worth in Champions against League against Neymar <laughs> no make well, a name there for yourself there's your Champions League debut mate <laughs> 
I think he's shown he, he, he's a good player. He's, I, I think like that for a, a young guy, you would absolutely you'd thrive on that, I think. We've seen it before with Celtic players. The thing I would worry about, though, is the fact if we move Lustig inside, and I'm not even I'm not a massive fan of Lustig inside, I have to be honest. No. So if we move Lustig inside and have Ralston at the, on the right, then we're weakened in two areas, maybe instead of just the one. And maybe that would maybe they would just overload us on that right-hand side, and that would be a worrying... I don't know if Ralston's good enough for that level. No one really does, but it would be very difficult for him, wouldn't it? But stranger uh, things have happened. We've, we've what's seen... your solution then, John? Well, <laughs> well, my solution's not much better. I would, I would play Beaton again uh, alongside Yozo. If, if Boyata isn't fit, then I would play Beaton. I know. Just like that silence. No, it's a bit brutal. I, I feel the same as you, but I, I don't see the option. I don't think I don't think Rogers is going to play IR, so I don't think we can even consider him. I, I can't see him getting a game at all. Um, he's not really been in the team over the last couple of weeks, so <laughs> no, it's got to be Beaton. Of the options available, unless we go to a mad back three, <laughs> the options available yeah. is is uh, Beaton. I think it will be Beaton as well. I think Brendan Rogers away. He's come out in the press and talked near Beaton up as a centre half. I think he's he's almost a certainty. Stick on to be to be next to Simunovic, um, and I've suddenly got quite worried for Tuesday night <laughs> for the fact that Neil Beaton, who well, torn apart thing. in Astana, is going up against these players. I mean, that's the thing as well. I mean, it's hard enough playing Paris Saint Germain when we're full strength, but when we're not, it's like doubly as hard because the the kind of deficiency of the teams are just going to be really exposed by that kind of elite attack. So do, it's do so think, difficult. Do you think there's a chance of playing Tierney? Simunovic and Lustig really tight in within Cham and Brown just in front and playing two but two wing backs. Who's your wing backs? You would you would say Forrest Forrest on the right and then McGregor. on the left hand side probably Cal McGregor with Sinclair just up in front of him. It's it gives you if you're if you're going defensive that's I think that's the way to go. Um Brown deeper than in Cham and Cham with a, a slight uh, freedom to go forward but I know we need to be clever in these games and I know we beat Barcelona by probably playing anti-football but I just want to, I want to see us having I a go. I, I want it to be a clever go. I don't want us to take kick-off and some units to run up the park <laughs> and nod it over the bar or whatever but I, I want it to be a measured go but I want us to have a go. I want I'm the same. Tierney at his best going forward. I don't, I don't want Tierney at, at left centre-back. I, I think that's defensively that would be a good idea but I don't think it's Brendan Rodgers' way either. Brendan Rodgers... Has managed Liverpool at the Bernabeu, whatever. He's as much as PSG are a good team. He's not going to be worried about PSG to the extent where he doesn't play the way he likes to play football. I think we're going to have a go, and, and that's what I want us I to do because that is the way you get the support behind you. I think hampering Kieran Tierney by kind of restricting him to a defensive only role that would be a big mistake because Tierney is one of our best players going forward. He's one of our that partnership he has with Sinclair is one of the best partnerships in the team when he's allowed to to kind of do it. And I think it would be a big mistake if we took that away from our team. We've got to play to our strengths. Our strengths are in attack, and whatever happens defensively happens defensively. I know it's I know it's a nightmare scenario playing beat on in the centre of defence, but I mean that that's what it's going to have to be because we need to have our best players in the best positions that they play in. Um, so we'll call it a four-two-three-one then, Paul. Who are your two holding midfielders, and then your kind of attacking midfielder? It has to be in Cham and Brown, I think. Yeah, and I think Brown will be really deep. I think he'll almost sit in front of the defence. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, no de- 
there's no doubt. You see when Cham come on in, in Friday night, and I thought he he just brought us up another level again. Like the way he just walks about and bosses the game. Um, he'll he'll be at his he'll be in his element. He'll be ready to rock on this for Tuesday night, and then. Who do you play? Who else do you play? It's attacking. That's, well, that's the question. That's your big decision. That's the question. It's, I don't it's think one of probably yeah. two players, isn't it? And I don't think we'll play an outright attacking midfielder through the middle. I think what'll happen is Brown will be very deep in front of the defence, and then the the more the kind of partnership in the middle will be Armstrong and Encham. I think they'll be the duo in the middle of the park, and then we'll have our wingers and and probably Griffiths. So because it's more legs than Rogic can offer. Yeah, I think so. And and Rogic is like you know how much I love Rogic and. I think Rogic's big games in this group for us are going to come against Anderlecht. I think he's going to he's going to start the Anderlecht home game. He might even start the Bayern game. But I think for this match on on Tuesday, I think it's really important that we have Armstrong and Cham in there. And Armstrong can do the running, and Cham can kind of be the more composed player on the ball. And Brown's going to be sitting in front of that defence. I agree. That that would certainly be my three. Um, your wingers Sinclair on the left, Paddy Roberts on the right. I think it has to be, doesn't it? This is it this is be, yeah. this is the game that this is the games that we've bought we've bought them we've bought them in for. Um, I know Forrest has done really well this season so far. And, um, there's a lot of naysayers out there who say he's not good enough and um, he's he's not good enough for Celtic and he doesn't do the business. But he's shown yeah. it so far. I thought he was really good on Friday night and he's been important for this season for us so far. But Paddy Roberts is this is why he's here. This is he shows us. Um, what he can do um, he's been in here for one game and he walked away with the man of the match brilliant performance if you don't start having him on Tuesday night I think there's something wrong I mean it's it's not quite Neymar and Mbappe but Sinclair and Roberts are a real threat and mm. they'll be a threat for any team on the planet John and especially a PSG team that you're saying do look a bit leaky at times that's the thing is that those we do have quality in that final third and and that's the hope, isn't it? That we can somehow get at their defence in some kind well, of it's, manner. It's not a worry, is it? No, Because no. These, these players are so... I mean, the worry for me defensively, I'm not worried I'm not worried about us creating chances. If Mets can create chances and score a goal against PSG, we'll be able to. So for me, attacking-wise, I'm just I'm just saying, if I'm Brendan Rodgers, I'm just saying you guys go out there and get at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would agree with that. And who knows what Roberts can do? I mean, he, he, I think he looked even better this, on Friday night than he did at the end of last year, or at least as good as that. And we didn't see that in Europe last season, apart from his goal at, at the at the Etihad. So, Patrick, I think the stage is set for Patrick Roberts. I've got a sneaky suspicion, though, that I would play Patrick Roberts, but I've got a sneaky suspicion that Forrest will get the nod. Well, I think looking at the the games that we've played this season, Forrest has started them all, apart from one, I think, mm. and. Obviously, Roberts has just came back in, but yeah, Rogers seems to it seems to be his go-to man, and uh, I think the only players that have played more is Tierney and and Gordon and goals. Obviously, he's he's been they've been ever present, so I think he could be right. I think he could be looking for an impact for Roberts for the bench, hoping that we can keep it tight and then and see what he can do. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And in terms of the striker, Lee Griffiths or um, Edward. For me, Lee Griffiths is, is the option. Just the way he's playing, his form for Scotland, the, the form. Lee, Lee Griffiths simply put deserves his chance. He didn't really get it last season because Dembele was the main mm. man for obvious reasons in the group stage. Lee Griffiths deserves his chance at this level um, to play. I don't know if he's has he ever started a Champions League group stage game. I don't think so. I don't think so. So yeah. So I, I think Lee Griffiths. This is his chance. He's the one from. 
he's a big game player Lee Griffiths he scores those two free kicks against England if we get a free kick uh, on Tuesday night in a good area I want Lee Griffiths on it um, and I think Edward could be a really good option from the bench well, I, I really do think on the bench he could be a good option there's even the possibility of Dembele making a quick comeback because he's back in training um, Rodgers didn't rule out at the end of last week so I'd be mightily surprised I would be surprised I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bench I have to be honest Um We'll just need to wait and see. I don't. Obviously, Dembele isn't going to start the game. I think it needs to be Lee Griffiths. But I mean, there's fitness doubts about him as well with his calf issues. I mean, that that calf that when he came off against Malta, I was gut, I was gutted with that because I just knew that it was going to roll over. And even even if he's fine for tomorrow, I mean, I think he needed minutes on the pitch back with the team on Friday, and it's going to be difficult for him. But yeah, as he says, he's a big game player, and he can create stuff from corners, from set pieces. So. I think Griffiths needs to start. Even if Dembele can can play, I think Griffiths has played himself into the team and it's up to Dembele to displace him. I'm not saying that Griffiths is a better player or one's better than the other. I think they're both really good options for us and it's up to Dembele to displace Griffiths because Griffiths has been magical Mm. for us um, so far. Yeah. And I don't think you can underestimate that thing you just touched on is the set-piece delivery. Mm. Not scoring free kicks, the actual delivery from corners... Lee Griffiths' corners are as good as I've seen since Nakamura um, with that left foot and I think that that could be massive on Tuesday night because you know what we're like with set pieces I don't know if they're off the top of my head I can think of a couple of PSG players that are over about 6-2 but I don't think there's a hell of a lot of them um, certainly the front three aren't particularly tall I don't think Cavani's too tall so um, I think that could be a real threat for us with the likes of Beaton, Armstrong Simunovic oh definitely yeah. but um but yeah, is there any calls, Paul, in, in your head? Anything in your head saying that Edward might be the right option? Only if the manager and the, the coaching staff don't think Griffiths is a hundred percent fit. I think if I, I think well, I would say maybe eighty to hundred percent. If Griffiths is eighty percent or more, they'll start him, and then there'll be a substitute at some point in the second half, sixty to sixty-five minutes, whether it's Dembele or Edward coming on. If he, if they're not sure on Griffiths, I think they'll keep him as a, an impact sub rather than as as starting the game and they might go with Edward and, and try and get him to prove a point against his parent club it's, that's the only thing the interesting yeah. thing that's what I was getting at there really was he's going out here against his parent club and he's thinking God be amazing, I'm not good it? enough for you guys I'll show you I'm good enough yeah because he was in with the, he was around the fringes of that team I think he he played for them in a couple of preseason friendlies and I think he's yeah. he's kind of I think there was even chat that you might get a, a, more games this season for them or, or whatever but Obviously, hasn't worked out, so he does have something to prove. So, why not? Why not off the bench? I mean, that would be that would be the fairy tale story, wouldn't it? For him to come off the bench and get a goal of some sort. But I don't see him starting. I wouldn't start him. Right. I'll leave predictions till the end okay. of the show. John, you're going to turn into Chris Tarrant for a bit, Chris, aren't you? Well, I hope not. <laughs> I was thinking more uh, Anne Robinson, maybe. We're going to find out <laughs> who's the, the weakest link. The weakest link of the podcast. Um, no, yeah, I thought as as a good wee way to kind of it might provoke some discussion, but just to kind of get everyone thinking about Celtic playing French teams or French things that have happened regarding Celtic in the past for us to do a wee quiz between you. Grab your pen and paper if you're at home. Yeah, yeah. So a wee quiz between Hamish and Paul. See who's the the the, the master of all Celtic knowledge for one week only. <laughs> anyway, anyway, this is something when we used to work together. This is something we used to do before matches. We would have the 
that the, the Celtic programme and we would do the quiz at the back to see who would get the most answers. It was always the best part of the night. Um, <laughs> um, so without further ado, I'll just clarify some brief rules. I've not you know, created a big massive rule book, but there's free for all answers, so it's just you've got to say the answer or buzz in. Uh, maybe we, should, we won't come up with a word. You just say the answer. The first one who gets it gets gets the right answer. You get ten points for every question you get right, and for bonus point you get there's bonus points throughout, and you get a point each for the bonus points throughout throughout the thing. And I'll keep and a, if I'll keep a tally. If you if you go with the the first answer and you get it wrong, are you then locked out? Yeah, that's a good oh one. God. That's a good one, Hamish. You're locked out, so you can't just you can't just come in with an answer <laughs> and think you're you can just say off a, a bunch of random stuff. So. You're locked out. Some of the, some of them have more than one answer, I think. So we'll see how it works as we go. But basically, cool. ten points for an answer and a point for a bonus point. First question is, which French team did Celtic play first in European competition? Nods. Well done, Paul. Straight in with ten points. Outstanding answer. That's an, that's an easy one, surely. Well, so Paul usually calls me. <laughs> <laughs> and the bonus point for this question is, can you give that aggregate score of that tie? 6-3. You're locked out, Hamish. It was 4-1. That was 6 2. Hamish oh. was close. Oh, what a guess. Yeah. What a guess. And that was obviously on the way to Lisbon 1966 1967 European Cup. That's the first French team we played. I think it took about 20 years for us to play another. Um, so, this is a. You'll need to think about this one before you give an answer, I think. So, take your time with this one. And the question is how many French players have made a first team competitive appearance for Celtic? Now, I'm using the Sean Maloney reel here, so it's born in France. It's not represented France so it could be a player who's represented another country so this is the Sean Maloney rule how many French players have made a first team competitive appearance for Celtic I'm going to I'm going to come in I'm going to go nine well done well done oh, that, that was <laughs> good that was that was honestly the number I was thinking of. <laughs> I nearly said eight I nearly went I mean eight, nine just changed it at the last oh. minute so the bonus points here, you get a bonus point for each player you can name. Do I get, do I get, do I get to go because I got a question you, yet? You go first, yeah. We'll take a turn each. Right, yeah, okay. turn each, turn each. Right, Mr Dembele. Correct, one point. Olivier and Cham. One point. Ali Adia. Two points. Um, what's his name? We've been talking about him. Edson Odeward. Two points. Did you get? Three points. I think I'm out, guys. There is four left. I think I know one, maybe two. Paul, take it away. Right, my, my one I'm pretty sure on is Stefan Mahi. Four points. Do you got any more, Sila? No, no. Have you got any more, Hamish? One more. One more guess if you've got one. Mo Kamara. No. Nearly though. One of them is Diomante Camara. Ah, bollocks. 
there one of them is Stephen Moyukolo. Oh. And the other is Marc Antoine Fortuny, who was born oh. in French Guinea, which is a, 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 a under the rule of France. So I think he's technically French. So there's your your three there. So Paul's doing well. The, the score right now is twenty four points to two points. <laughs> going into question three. Oh God. Yeah. So the question three is, who scored? You get ten points for for each of the answers here. Who scored for Celtic when the Hoops defeated Leon two 0 at Celtic Park in two thousand? Liam Miller and. Chris Sutton. Well done. 20 points right back in it, Hamish. That's what you needed. So it's 20, needed that one. 24 22. Now, the, the next question is quite a tough one. Which French club also wear green and white hoops? St Etienne. Well, no. No, they wear, green and, white, they wear green and white stripes, I think. I'm going to have a, a, a stab in the dark. I don't really know. Um, I'll go with Nice. No, it's uh, a team called FC Set, who were the first French team to win a league in Cup Double, but I think they're kind of non-league now. So it's still 24 to 22 going into the next question, which is, who was the last French player to score against Celtic? This competitive matches only? Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a toughie. You'll know the player. That's a, that's a wee hint. That is a tough one. It was an absolute bell out of a goal. Oh, um, oh, what's his name? <laughs> I think I know it. Oh, Hempel. Aye, that's it. That's the one. Um, yeah, you're right. Ten points. <laughs> oh, what's his name? What's his I name? I think what's Paul does know it because it is one of those names. Um, oh man, <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I'm probably. I'm funny. I'd be quite funny if this was wrong, but. I think I know who it is, and I, I, I can I can see the goal because the thing when you said it's a belt to a goal. What game was it in, Paul? I'm not telling you what game it was in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's his name? His last season, wasn't it, John? Yeah. Ah, God, I, don't, I know who it is. Um, Hamish should know it as well. Oh, he should know it. Yeah. Right, I'll give you. I'll give you twenty seconds to get it, Paul. Oh. Right. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, oh, dip my tongue. Cooler ballad. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, sorry, you never had it then. I was. He's, he's do, from somewhere. Do, do you have one, Hamish? I guess out of nowhere. Lucas Digne. No, it was Faisal El back to. Oh. Remember that goal he scored at Dens. Dundee. Top yeah. that, was in, that was in March. It was the last French player to score against Celtic. The next question is, so you're still on 24 points to 22 going into the... After all of that. Uh, and going into the sixth question, which is, how many times have Celtic beaten French opposition? Six. Nope, locked out, Paul. Oh, seven. No, it was five. You still get oh. still bonus points up for grabs here, which doesn't matter because it's close. You get a bonus point each for the four teams that we've beaten. Leon. One Rain. point. Nonce. Yep. Two points. Three. One point. One um, more. Oh, no, no, no. I nearly, nearly got myself out there. Marcy. No. No more I'm for Hamish. I'm, go- I'm going to use my inner Hamish and say St Etienne. Well done. Well oh, done. It's St Etienne. It's 20, 26 to 24 now going into question seven. 
which is which player scored a double for Paris Saint-Germain the last time they visited Celtic Park? Oh, God. Janino? Oh, no. Well before that, I've just, out. Oh, man, why did I do that? It doesn't matter, Paul. I don't think I was even born. So I don't think you were. This is, this is the one where I said was my first European match. I remember this well, this game. Emmanuel Petit. No, it was Patrice Loco. Fantastic, Ramon. Wow. How did I not get that? And the next, the, 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 final, the final question, which could win the whole thing, <laughs> is which former Celtic player played for PSG that night? Am I? Correct. Oh. Famous wins, 34 oh. to 26. What a comeback, Amish. Oh. Never in doubt. Still in that <laughs> Never in doubt, Fantastic. That's a nice metaphor for Tuesday night because yeah. we're going to go behind and the good guys are going to steam back and win while late go. <laughs> Terrible. He, well, he didn't even get him. He didn't get Mahi in the, the pick of the players and then he gets him in that. I know. Shocking. <sighs> because I, I remember reading somewhere, it was because that stupid tweet Celtic put out the other day of uh, Eduard and Mahi are the only two players to have played for both teams and that, that's why it stuck. So Celtic's... Uh, Celtic's Twitter account and their, some of their poor tweets have uh, have won me that quiz. So maybe it's not all bad. No, 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 no points for this one. But what other Scottish football personality also played in that match? No points, but just for fun. Um, Paul Le Guin. Well done. Yeah, the ex-manager of Rangers, Paul Le Guin, played that night. I think he played the ball forward to Jorkaev, who um, for the third goal, who put it into the middle, it was one of the best goals I've ever seen at Celtic Park. So there you go. That's a wee trip down memory lane. The Celtic have a decent record against French teams. Not not a an ama- not a an amazing record, but certainly better than I think the the country with the worst record we have is Germany. But we do a little bit better against <laughs> French teams, um, and I kind of enjoy seeing French teams. One of my uh, away trips was over to Rennes with my dad and my brother. I went there. I heard that was amazing. A really nice place. It was, yeah. And obviously, a, a good result in the end. Yeah, it was, and. Um, it was a good result, but I felt like we kind of threw that one away. But they had great mm-hmm. fans. They had a really nice ultra section behind the goal, which looked really cool. I think they had a quite a friendly banner for us, and I was mm-hmm. actually sitting in the right end for that one. That was a good. It was a good trip, and as I say, I've got fond memories of that PSG team dismantling Celtic at Celtic Park. It sounds silly to say, but any Celtic fan that was there that night has an appreciation for that performance. They went on to win the European Cup winners' cup that season. One of the best teams I've I've seen at Celtic Park, and hopefully there's no repeat on Tuesday. Mm. I certainly I remember the home game against Rennes because it was a kind of strange time mm-hmm. under Neil Lennon when we were just starting to get into our ways. I want to say that we'd just beaten Motherwell, uh, that kind of two-one game that really started that win and run. And I remember Rennes scored a, a header from a a corner. It must have been in the first minute or the first two minutes, and it was a real sickener for us. And I think Anthony Stokes that night scored two, and then Hooper scored a yeah, late one. Yeah, Stokes was good that night. And I, I remember that game. It was only Europa League, and it was only against Rennes, a kind of mid-table French team. But it was a really big win, I thought, for that team. And mm-hmm. I think when you saw what that that new Lennon team went and did the next season, I think that Europa League campaign was, was really big. And I, I almost look at that game in a strange way as as kind of a real turning point mm-hmm. for for what that team achieved in the next two seasons after that. And I, I really enjoyed that game. I think they had a really good support. They were a really friendly team. Um, I really like. There's a kind of um, really good. kind of Celtic connection between where they are in France and the kind of Irish and Scottish. So they had a kind of affinity for us. Um, yeah. And they were the like Brittany. Yeah, Brittany. Yeah, they were really friendly when we were over. That was also the match. The home game was the match where Marcus yeah. Fraser came on at half time um, and yes, played alongside alongside my Storovich for Lovins. Yeah, the away game was also. 
Paul, the, the scene of probably the worst gaff we've ever seen from a Celtic player. Chad O'Ree, man, what a guy. That was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> looking back now. Like, You're respecting the pattern that one. Absolutely amazing. Like Looking back now, I'm just like thinking, what the hell are you doing? But um, <laughs> you can look back now, as many years ago was it, and say thing, aye, that was that was that was hilarious. But um, you were talking about French stuff and all that, and the 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 one like French teams and all that, and there's two th- things that jumped to mind for me was was Baldi uh, getting sent off against Lyon, and then a completely non-Celtic related thing, but it was it happened in Glasgow. It was the dance um, goal in the the Champions League final. Yeah, well, I um, think. I would the Celtic. I would. I would say Zinedine Zidane's probably my favourite player of all time, just because of the age I am. Like that nine nine eight World Cup and mm-hmm. kind of growing up and watching that French team. Zidane was obviously at the heart of that, and in every big tournament in that era, right up to obviously the infamous World Cup final where he got sent off, he was just an absolute amazing player. And I loved. I loved Zidane. Definitely my favourite player with Celtic. I would say. Yeah, I do. I do like French football. I do like the French. They kind of got a. We kind of got an arrogance about them, but they do it in a, a classier way than the English do. For me, I think that's probably a fair point. I always remember that that Leon home game, and it was kind of before it was before I had my season ticket. Before I was really, really into Celtic as much as I am now. That game always sticks out for me, and I, I don't quite know why, but I can always picture. I, I watched that game live, and I think it was probably my first Champions League game Could ever. Been, yeah. I saw Celtic play. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember that was the early game. Yeah, it was the early home game. I always remember Larson's two balls. The goals were almost identical. They were mm. both Larson with that kind of. I can pick. We can all picture it right now that kind of nice wee delicate cross in Liam Miller's goal. I yeah, mean, that was a really really well worked goal. Well, that was the six months um, he was good for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I remember the remember the away game as well. I think I was listening to it on the radio, mm. and I remember Celtic had no sponsors, and John Hartson scored a really good goal, but. I don't know, did we lose that or did we draw it? Lost the last minute penalty, Yeah, I remember there was heartache in that game. So mm. those are Mario kind of memories, Ren and Leon. One, but, of the, um, one of the, another memory, a kind of perhaps a more obscure one, would be when we played Leon in 1999 when Larson broke his leg, of course. Um, mm. oh. The sickening leg break when he was running down the left-hand flank on away to Leon. My brother was that at the game, um, and I don't think they really knew how serious that injury was, but obviously everyone back home who was watching on TV, one of the most horrific injuries in football history, just the way his leg was kind of hanging there, and obviously every, that was when he was just starting to show the potential of what he would go on to become. And In some ways, that game kind of defines Larson's time at Celtic because that leg break, you saw him go away for a while, and he came back twice the player he was somehow after a horror leg break becoming... A Celtic legend from that point onwards. It's quite, it's quite fantastic. So that's another wee French memory that I have. Right, fantastic. Hopefully, we will be making more memories uh, on Tuesday night. Where are you guys going to be watching? I don't actually know yet. I think I might go to the pub to watch it. My brother sent me a text earlier saying if I was going out, I've not actually replied to that yet. So if he's listening, I might be. <laughs> Paul, yes, it probably will be the pub. The last two games I watched in the pub have been. 5 now and 4 1, so could be a good omen for, for Tuesday night. You're going, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, somehow managed, uh, despite Celtic trying to not get tickets to non season tickles, I somehow managed to get my hands uh, on a three match pass, so I won't gloat too much. I mean, it's going to be amazing, um, but it's just a shame that we can't fit 
everyone who wants to be there into the stadium. It's it's quite strange, Celtic, because our stadium I mean, you could sell Celtic Park out twice. But for Tuesday night you couldn't sell you couldn't sell Celtic Park out for for a lot of the other matches, certainly in the league. Even though the crowds have been better, they're still empty seats. So it's it's just a kind of strange but it, it leads into that thing you were saying earlier about the, the two worlds we have at the mm. moment of domestic and European football. They're totally different. Um I'll get my prediction out of the way. I've actually got two predictions. Is that all right? Um, no. Sell I've got it. my heart in my head. <laughs> you you can choose what one you, you okay. want to go with. My head's telling me that PSG will beat us 3-1. Right. My heart is telling me that PSG will score three goals and we'll score three as well. Mm. Just a repeat? Of Man City, yeah. yeah. What about you, Paul? I, th- I, think it, I think it'll be like that in terms of like both teams going forward. I can see similar... I can see real similarities between them like the fact Man City were this team that had been really built up last year the new manager the fact they were scoring goals for fun but also conceding a few the fact we're at home the fact the atmosphere is going to be really good I think I could see us going ahead I really could but as I say my head um, my head says that PSG will be too much for us I'm going to be a wee bit more um, I don't know depressing and say <laughs> well it is Sunday night after all I, I know Um I get. I, I've got a bit of um, a fear about choosing night. To be honest, I know we're a good side and, and they do concede goals, but uh, I'm going to put out there and say that they beat us five two. I mean, they've, oh, five two is a bit of a shocker. They've not conceded that many goals. They've conceded a few. And they've conceded four or five, I think. They've not conceded. Playing against pub teams, oh George. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. My nan could score in the French leagues. Um, five two though, Paul. That's a bit of a shot. Yeah, that would be. Come on, <laughs> uh, you can do better know, than that. But I'm, I'm I'm doing that so that when we win, I'll be I'll be loving life. <laughs> okay, I'll go I'll go two two. That's my shoot prediction. We Desmond. Yeah. Right, we'll move on to the real good predictors. We're just the uh, the bad predictors, I suppose. And um, we'll talk about Big El Boa because after slaughtering him, slaughtering him last week, he has just stuck the middle finger right up to me and John and he's come out See, that's what with 140 that's points that's what he needed he needed a bit of the just like Craig Gordon he just needed a wee a wee bit of the ass <laughs> Skibbering is level with him he had 60 this week so not quite as good but they're still both level they are leading the way Total by a considerable margin as well wow. um, 400 they're both on Jesus. joint first third place we'll give a shout out the bronze medal at the moment is the Broge 340 James Hunter has gone way down oh, 20 points this week I think God. that's about as low as I can see apart from Hamish Carton and John McGinley what happened with us John? I forgot Hamish I forgot to, to, so did I. I, I, I thought to myself on Friday morning I should do that predictor and then by the time I knew it Celtic were kicking off and I'd absolutely gubbed it and then the next day I just get completely went out of my head so I missed every single match and I think Hamish you missed it too I think that counteracts Paul's claims of he had a handicap. Well, no, it's kind of good. We're in, a, we're in a level playing mm-hmm. field now. Well, he we? only missed so... one game. I think did he not? No, 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 no. Let us get the record straight here. You you were in for the Sunday, Paul. I, I, I got week. one game ah, from so the first you, week. Me and Hamish are actually at a disadvantage now. Uh, but uh, my fault was I was in Arn climbing a mountain for charity. You still just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Fair Probably won't argue with yeah. that. Paul, you've gone surging right up the table. You're now in the, the lofty heights of 18th place. You're kind of on the Euro- 
third European football. And if it wasn't for bloody Craig Gordon, I would have been further up because I had four 0 for Celtic as mm. well. So that was a good week for myself, and I'll just keep climbing up in the, the top ten. I think in the next couple of weeks, and, and I'll be putting the pressure on the big boys. Um, I'm looking at the, the table here. Is that the real Tam McManus? Um, maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. Right? Tam, if you're listening, then yeah. let us know. He doesn't follow us on Twitter, your... so I, I doubt it. But could be. Or if it's another Tam, let us know because you're doing nicely anyway. You're thirteenth place, certainly ahead of. Of us three, we're really letting the, the side down a bit here because I'm, I'm looking kind of below where. Well, I'm in 27, John's, uh, John's in joint 37. I'm looking below there, and there's a lot of zeros. Yeah, of people the people have given up, up yeah, already. Yeah. I think so, we had uh, about f- think... 50 to start with, but about half of, half of them will chuck it by Christmas, and there'll be about 10 left by the end of the season, probably. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, that's yeah. what we'll say. But uh, congratulations, Big Elboa and Skibbereen, you are top. We will come back next week and see if you can be displaced by some of the, the many able suitors below you. Um, and yeah, that's us pretty much. As usual, thank you very much for, for listening. Continue to download the podcast. You can get us on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Fritz Agrandol. Twitter, the same Fritz Agrandol. There's one other thing as well, isn't there? What's that? Podcast app, maybe SoundCloud, all that kind well, of stuff. Well, SoundCloud iTunes, if you're listening, you're probably already on that. But um, we're also on podcast apps. If you're getting us in some kind of weird place, like on a website or something, you can get a podcast app and get us there, subscribe there. You can subscribe on iTunes or, or SoundCloud, like you say. We're also on Speaker as well, I think. So we're everywhere. We're everywhere. We are everywhere, more ways than one. We may be back next week. It may just be a two man show. Could be. Work out what we're doing anyway. Paul Fisher will be. Uh, away drinking as he mm-hmm. is uh, quite often Paul say your final piece and until until we meet again I, I, hopefully I can survive this four day stag do and we'll, we'll speak again soon and John your message to anyone going on Tuesday night um, get it right up them what I will say is wherever you are watching the game if you're at the pub if you're at the stadium if you're watching in your living room enjoy the match hopefully we can really enjoy it and chat in a week's time about one of the probably the greatest Celtic results ever against uh, the star-studded stars of PSG. We will speak to you soon. Goodbye. No, rien de rien. No, je ne regrette rien. Ni le bien.